0: God is so good, and he just wants the best for every person. Unfortunately, not everybody is going to look to him and trust in him and receive from him, but you can. And as you do, people will see the love, the life, the blessing of God in your life and begin to be drawn towards him without even knowing it. That's good news. Amen? God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to dismiss any of the children that are still in the sanctuary. Um, Six years old to three years old to sixth grade, head that direction. Uh, Seventh through twelfth, head that direction to Quest. The rest of you that are not going either direction, head out to greet somebody around you. Praise God. I, I just want to say thank you to all of you for your kindness and your goodness, to Debbie and me and <clears throat> Pastor Gabe and Judy. I want you to know that uh, as it, uh, he's headed back, no, he's headed to the side, he's just hanging out by the wall. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Gabe is an amazing gift and blessing and so is Judy and so are all the leaders in this church. This is an amazing place and uh, you know, it's not just the leaders. It takes everyone to make this what it is. And so Debbie and I, we've always talked about how grateful we are that God would allow us to be a part of a church like this because I'm, I'm sure I am biased, but I believe that you are extraordinary, exceptional people, and we are so grateful for you. So we thank God for you. And uh, speaking of thanking God... I uh, want to thank God for the message that I heard. Jeremy was talking about listening to the messages uh, on his way back last week, and he said he was watching them. And I said, were you driving? And he said, no, Becky was driving. I was watching them." And I got to watch the message from here, and I just want to say Mark Kohlbrenner was used by God and did a fantastic job. <clears throat> but God always does that. Whoever, whoever God has up here... Uh, is, is so obedient to what God has for them to, to share. And, and I always hear God's voice. I'm always spoken to by the messages that come up uh, from here. Um, Debbie and I were last week in Pennsylvania at a, a friend's church. Um, really had a great time there. Again, being part of the body of Christ, you can go all over the world into all different places and still feel at home. And we felt at home there. Um, saw people we hadn't seen for a while. One young man, who's now a pastor there, one of the staff pastors, had uh, been in one of the youth, um, the youth summer camps that I had gone down to speak at. And he had come up to me after the summer camp, and he said, "Would you? I'm really feeling a call to ministry. Uh, would you mind if I followed you around?" And I thought it was just for the camp. I said, "Sure, you can follow me around." And then as the camp ended, he was like, do you think I could come up to Rome and follow you around? And and I called Debbie and I said, uh, there's a young man that is interested in going into the ministry, he wants to, for whatever reason, wants to follow me around. And, and uh, what do you think? And she said, bring him on. So he he's stayed up here with us for a week. And and it was just so neat to see his love for God, him serving God and, and uh you know, it was, it was wonderful there, but there's no place like home in Rome, and we're so glad to be back and just grateful for what God's doing here. Um, you know, one of the things that we, we all deal with is we, we are surrounded by so much stuff, and we look at all sorts of things, but we don't see everything. Uh, this this happens with all of us, or we see certain things. We can look around this room, and I can ask you, what would you see? And you'd give me a list of things, but it might not be the same list that somebody else gives. Because, you know, if if I ask John Hussey, you know, look around the room, what do you see? He'll say, I see a camera and a camera and a camera. <laughs> but but somebody else might not see that. They might see, you know, flowers or, yep, flowers, flowers. Uh, <laughs> I miss those things. Debbie and I will be driving along, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, did you see the deer? And she'll be, no. Okay. And then she'll say, oh, did you see those flowers? Nope. <laughs> we were watching the uh, World Series last night, and she said, did you see that, that uh, word Roman? And I was like, Roman? Has somebody got a scripture up somewhere? And, and she said, no, it's right there. And I'm looking. And I can't see it. She says it's right on the mound. And I said, oh, yeah, now I see it. But she saw this before I ever saw it. And, you know, we, we, we selectively see things. We couldn't possibly see and take in everything because there's just way too much. But how many of you know there's one person that sees everything? And that's God. The Bible says nothing is hidden from him. He sees everything openly. And, and yet we don't but it's 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 amazing because there's nothing that goes beyond God's awareness of him seeing and being aware of and and accurately it's not like he's not sure he knows it completely accurately and and we don't we we, we see things and we maybe get what it is, but maybe not um, i I uh, was thinking about this and, and how we see in part. Um, and I was thinking about going to the dentist uh, as a kid. And stay with me, because I'm going somewhere. Uh, I used to really dislike going to the dentist, but I really look forward to his office. Now you're like, I see Fran back there. She's giving me that tilted heaven. What do you mean? Well, I I didn't like going to the dentist because I knew that it was probably going to reveal the cavities I had from eating all the candy that I did. Uh, But I looked forward to the office because he had the best magazines. He had these magazines that I couldn't find anywhere else, any of the other places I ever went. It was one magazine called Highlights, and it was a kid's magazine. And I don't even know if it's still in print or not, but I really would go straight towards one section where they were hidden pictures where you would look at this picture and it would have a list of things that you could find like the fish and the cat and and it would be in somewhere in the picture and there were times I didn't even want to leave the room because I hadn't found all the things that were in the picture Um, and so I really enjoyed that and I still enjoyed it when there were in the Sunday papers they used to have pictures like that but they don't do that anymore and um, just to help you see we'd all see things differently, I'm going to have John put up a picture in just a second, and I want you to first of all make sure you see all the 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 sheep and and then determine what you see first. so go ahead and put it up, John. You see the two little sheep in the beginning in the front and the one behind and the one behind so there are four sheep and uh, What else do you see? Oh, yeah, there's a face there. Now, somebody was telling me, did you see the little boy? And I was like, little boy? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the houses, all of it. It's it's an amazing thing, but you're going to see something first. You may see the face first, or you may see the objects that make up the face and don't see the face first, but we're going to see something first. And all of us could at that moment dig in our heels and say, but that's all there is there. And we could start listing all the things that are in this picture, but even if we tried to list it all, we probably would miss some things because we don't see everything. We look, but we don't see everything. And uh, 1 Corinthians 13, anybody remember what that chapter is referred to as? Yeah, the love chapter. And this is an amazing scripture that's found in the love chapter. Uh, In verse 12, in the message translation, it says, we don't see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. And you know, this morning when the first uh, service people came, there was a fog outside. And, And if you've ever driven through fog, you don't perceive things. You don't see things clearly, accurately. You're kind of, well, I don't know what that is out there. Uh, and, and this is telling us, this is the way we go through life. As much as we think we see things just so totally clearly and understand it completely, we don't. Because we are capable of that. And and not only that, there's there are things at work in the world that we live in that try and deceive us and, and lead us into a wrong perception of what's going on, Um. Isaiah 42, verse 20, in the Amplified Classic Translation, it, it, it tells us what we struggle with. It says, you have seen many things, which is true. We see many things every day. But you do not observe or apprehend their true meaning. And that also is completely true. We don't, we don't fully comprehend or understand or uh, evaluate things accurately, truly And what that does is that robs us. It robs us and it robs what we're looking at from what God intends us to to receive from it and from what that is supposed to be. If we looked at another person, you know, we we might not recognize who they are because we may see what they are in front of us, but don't recognize completely who they are, what their capabilities are, we aren't going to receive the blessing that they they could be in our lives, and and uh, today we're going to look at this because it's important in these hours that we are able to look and see things clearly and truly. We need to see the truth because if we don't see the truth, we're we're looking at something that is deceiving, that is inaccurate, that is hindering us from from. Experiencing all God has and receiving all God has, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into the scriptures and look at what it says, and we're gonna see some examples. But before we do, we're gonna pray. So if you just bow your heads, and this is a moment whether you're here in the sanctuary, whether you're joining us online at home, or wherever you are today, God's there. and And that's a truth. No matter where we go, God's there. But what we need more than just being assured of his presence, we need his participation. We need his guidance. We need his wisdom and his input. And so right now, Father, we we recognize and we acknowledge that you're here. You said we're two or more gathered. You are there in their midst. But Father, we, we request and require that you would speak to our hearts and our lives today. Father, there is something you have for every one of us to help us to help us know you to help us truly see ourselves the way you see us to help us see the world and the people around us accurately and and that, father we can be the blessing and have the impact that you have for us too but father today we thank you as your word goes forth that it will as truth bring freedom and liberty That your word will be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. That, Father, there will be revelation as we receive that revelation. It will produce transformation in our lives. And that, Father, your word is life and health to those who find it. And so we thank you for the healings that will occur today. Father, uh, those here and those at home. Lord, we thank you for what only you can do. Because with you, all things are possible. And so, Father, we thank you for having your way, which is a life-giving way, a a freeing way, a fulfilling way. And we thank you, Father, for the good work that you've begun in us, that you are faithful to complete. And we bless you and praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. So we're going to look in on Jesus when he was invited to speak in his hometown synagogue. And uh, we picked this up in Luke chapter 4. And we see this happening where he's been invited to speak, but when he speaks, it's not like he comes up with his notes. They unroll a scroll, and he begins to read right where they left off the last time. And he he reads a portion of Scripture that was written prophetically and, and about him. Uh, and this is it. He reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And, and so he's reading this, and this is why Jesus came. And then he says, Today these words are fulfilled in your midst. And he's literally saying, that that you're reading is about me. I'm right here. But you know what happens just after that? After he says, "In in your presence, these words are being fulfilled today." There's a there's a murmur, a, a, a kind of a wave of conversation that's going on, and they're they're talking among themselves and saying, "Man, he speaks like nobody I've ever heard. He speaks with authority." Uh, and then there starts this. Isn't that Joseph's kid? You know, this has been an amazing thing. Now, he said that this is speaking about him, but isn't that Joseph's kid? Now, my question to you today is, were they right? Yes. Were they wrong? Yes. Both of those were yes answers. Yes, they were right in the fact that yes He was Joseph's kid from the standpoint that he came from Mary, and Joseph was kind of his stepfather. And yes, he was not. He was the son of God. But what did they see him as? Did they see him as the Messiah? Did they see him as Joseph's son? It's got to be one of those. (laughs) All right, let's let's take it a little further. If they see him as only Joseph's son, what did Joseph teach Jesus to do? To be a carpenter. So if they recognize Jesus as Joseph's son, the benefit they could have from Jesus would be what he can do as a carpenter. So if they needed a table or or a chair or uh you know a yoke, then Jesus was their man. But if they didn't see him as Messiah, then they couldn't receive salvation. And of the two, if they recognized him as the one that God had anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed... Those are all the things that they could benefit with recognizing him as that, correct? Now, which is the greater benefit, the carpenter kid or the Messiah? I know these are obvious questions, but we've got to see, we're making these decisions. How are we seeing Jesus? And how are we seeing each other? The Bible says if you receive a prophet as a prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. That's only a principle. If you receive someone who's an electrician as an electrician, you can receive the benefit of him being an electrician or her being an electrician. But if you don't, you don't receive the benefit. And so right here, this this is where he's speaking and they don't have eyes to see. And because they can't see him truly, they can't receive what God had placed right in their midst. They were being robbed. And is that what God wants? No. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one that robs you of the things that God has for you. And when he robs you and robs me, he doesn't just rob us, he robs us and those that God has for us to bless. So this robbery is ongoing. And they were being robbed. And this is this is why he came. This is why the Lord came because he needed to preach the gospel to the poor. Who needs to hear the gospel? Right, everyone. That's right. And then he was he, he came to heal the brokenhearted. Who needs healing? Everyone. Everyone. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Who needs liberty? Everyone. But then we get to recovery of sight to the blind. Who's blind? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were blind, you couldn't read what was on the screen. Right? But this is, this is so important that we understand this because we want to believe that we're seeing things clearly that we understand, that we comprehend, that we're not deceived by what we're seeing, and yet we are. And and when this says this, when Jesus says this, the recovery of of sight to the blind, that, that phrase, recovery of sight, means to behold, become aware, or regard with eyes wide open, to see as things truly are. And so what what he's saying is, I'm here to help people see things as they truly are, not as they think they are, not as they thought it was. And then it says the sight of the blind. And this, this, this word blind is not just that they can't see. This is where it's so important. The Bible tells us, that we're to study the word of God to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. To study it, to dig in, to to invest in some um, instruments and some tools that would help us break down this stuff. Now I don't I don't I don't read Greek. I don't write Greek. It's all Greek to me. But I will tell you this: that I can read people who study Greek who are. Scholars, they break this stuff down so that you can understand it. And I, I started to do that. And this word blind, the first definition of this is to envelop in smoke. When when you're enveloped in smoke, you can't see things very well. But there's another definition to this that is just surprising. This figuratively means to inflate with self-conceit, to be lifted up with pride. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, somebody's blowing smoke? And it's a, it's a deception. They're, they're presenting something that isn't, isn't really accurate. And many times when somebody's blowing smoke, at least what I've understood is they're, they're embellishing some things. And so it's not an accurate representation. And and Jesus said, I've come. I've come to help people see things the way they really are, not having smoke blown at them and not getting in a place of conceit and pride and arrogance. 2 Corinthians 4.4, this won't be up here, but it, it tells us, That Satan, who is the god of this age, has blinded the minds and the eyes of the people of this world. He's blowing smoke. He's deceiving. He's hindering us from seeing things accurately. And and because of that, we're getting ripped off. And, And we see it all throughout our society these days it's one of those things where when we don't see and especially and i'm not talking so much about everything out there i'm talking about people when we don't see people accurately and i will tell you it's very hard for us to do that but in revelations chapter 3 verse 14 through 17 this is where jesus is speaking to one of the seven churches and he's revealing some things that I believe are, are happening in our society, in our word, world today. And this church happens to be the church of Laodicea. Okay, so he says, to the angel of the church of Laodicea. Now, Laodicea, the, the word itself, when you break it down, again, I read notes from people who are great scholars. And what they have determined, the breakdown of this word means... Man ruled. When man rules without God's guidance or governing, things are not going to be good. They're not going to be accurate. And, and Laodicea was a place well known for its wealth. Uh, it was one of the banks of the world at that time, had a banking in that area. Uh, they also had a medical school, and they were known for producing Uh, eye salve that would help with blindness. Okay, so that's kind of the background. It also had no water supply of its own. And there was a place that was six miles away that had hot springs that they piped water in through a a viaduct. Uh, And then there was another place that had a cold spring that they piped water in. But by the time the hot water had gone the six miles to get to Laodicea, it was warm. And the time the cool water had gone the miles in and got to Laodicea, it was not cool anymore. And so with that in mind, we read what what the Lord says to these people. He says, these things says the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm... And neither hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So, they understand what he's saying because they experience this in in their town. They understand the hot water, when it gets to them, is warm. It's not really useful. It can't do the things that real hot water can. And the cold water, when it gets to them, it's kind of warm and it's not refreshing like it should be. It's not really serving the purpose that it was meant to. And there's a loss. And, and he's telling them, this is what you are. And then he goes on to say, because you say. And this is why they're, they're not hot or cold. This is, this is what he's revealing to them that they have said, but also the truth. Because you say, I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Their their lukewarmness comes because their misperception and they don't see things clearly. How do they see themselves? We're rich. We become wealthy. We have need of nothing. Now, when somebody says, I don't need anything, I don't need anyone, isn't that a little prideful? A little conceited, a little arrogant. That's blindness. That's blindness. There's no one on the face of the earth that doesn't need other people. We don't want other people probably because we've been hurt. But God designed the body of Christ. Human beings expecting all human beings to come into the body of Christ. That every joint where people are connected, there would be a supply there. There would be a blessing there. There would be an increase there. And and so when we think we don't need somebody, we're deceived. We're not seeing things clearly, accurately. You know, even, even the Scripture says those people, members of the body that we see as less important are actually more important. See, we don't see things the way God does. And so he says, that's what you see, but here's what I see. You're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That word blind is is the same word that we read before when Jesus said recovery of sight of the blind. Those that are conceited, that are prideful. The recovery of the sight, because if we don't get help, we're not going to see things accurately. And when we don't see things accurately, we miss out on what God has. We miss out on receiving a blessing and also being a blessing. And so the enemy robs all the way around. But this is an amazing thing. These people are convinced. Were rich, were they? Yes, in some aspects of their life, they were rich. But God says... You're poor, you're wretched, and you're miserable. I'm sure they were enjoying their time to a degree. But how many of you know that God always has more? And no matter how much we enjoy the things of this world, what God has for us to enjoy in this world and in eternity far surpass what this world can bring to us. But we can settle. We can settle for the things that this world can give us and think, oh, man, I'm having a great time. I, I'm, I'm having a ball. I'm, I, I don't need anything. And yet we don't even realize how wretched and poor we are because we're missing out on what God has. And, and that's where we, we need God's help to see clearly and Isaiah 42, verse 19, reveals this in a very, very clear way. It says, who's blind as he who is perfect? You know, the latest is we're thinking they're pretty perfect. They don't need anything. They don't need anyone. But when you think you're perfect, you're already blinded to what things truly are. Because there was only one perfect, and who is that? God. The rest of us, God is working in and, and working on and working through. And this blindness comes from pride and arrogance, but there's another way that pride comes to us as human beings. And in Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, uh, it, it tells us about this. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear, for they are a rebellious people. So these these people have eyes to see, but they don't see. And they don't even know they don't see. Just like the Laodiceans, if you ask them, how are you? Well, we're rich and we're wealthy and we have no need of anything. But they weren't. In, in what they looked at and how they counted things, okay. But not really. Because the things of the world will never satisfy you. There is a momentary satisfaction, but it wears off real quick. And when God does something, he get, brings a fulfillment and a joy and a peace that is unlike what the world can give. And so they have eyes to see, but they don't see, and they have ears to hear, but they don't hear. So they look, but they don't recognize. They don't see things truly. They listen, but they can't hear what they should be hearing. If they don't see and they don't hear, are they able to navigate life? Not well. And why? Why don't they see even though they have eyes and why don't they hear even though they have ears because they're rebellious rebellion causes us blindness and deafness to what really is and in this world today we see so much rebellion and yet people don't realize that they're blind and they're deaf. Because of their rebellion, they become blinded. Because of their rebellion, they can't hear what is actually the truth. And so they're holding on to, just like the Laodiceans, we're rich, we become wealthy, we don't need anything. And it sets them up to be resistant to anything anybody else says to them. Or we set ourselves up, if we're doing the same thing, to be resistant to what we need to hear and what we need to see. And the only way that's going to turn around is that somebody would be able, to be able to speak to somebody who has eyes to see but doesn't see and ears to hear who doesn't hear. They would listen to somebody that they trust enough to tell them, you're missing it. Just like God spoke to the Laodiceans, you say you are these things, but I'm telling you, you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. What a shock. Do you think they were shocked when, when that was revealed to them? I mean, they're looking at themselves saying, no, not, not me. So who was right, the Laodiceans or God? Right. Very, very easy question to answer, a very hard one for us to be honest with ourselves. God was right, but they had to be willing because if they didn't receive what God was saying, help them see what they didn't see, help them hear what they didn't hear, they were going to miss what God had. And, and there's an example. There are all sorts of examples in the Scripture of, of these things. And the one we're going to look at today is found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. It's about David. Now, I don't know if you know about David. David was the greatest king Israel ever had. Israel got a king because they said to God, God, we don't want you ruling us anymore. We want a king like everybody else. And so Saul became king. And one of the reasons why the people wanted Saul was because Saul was taller than everybody else and Saul was good looking great great reasons to have him as King (laughs) tremendously strong qualifications we sit here and laugh but we do some of the same things with leaders oh me okay Uh, I'll get back to the scriptures and out of meddling uh, but but David David was in a big family. He had seven brothers, all older, and uh, they were they were shepherds. And God had picked somebody out to be king. And God had told Samuel. What to do. And so we pick it up. He says, Now, Lord, Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. All right, so so he sends him out. And Samuel gets there, and Jesse's ready. And in verse Six, it says this. So it was when he came and he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So right here we see that Jesse is standing there. His sons start to go from the oldest to the youngest, starts to go before Samuel, and and Samuel looks at the first one and says, this has got to be the one. Jesse sent him. Samuel says, man, this is is a good-looking guy. I think he's the one. And God stops him and says, no, that's not the one. I don't look at people the way you look at people. I don't see people the way you see people. You look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. Now, there's a challenge here because the Bible tells us no one knows the heart of man except for God. So if we're supposed to look beyond the superficial to what their character, all those things that we can't readily see and we can't know the heart of another person, only God can, then what do we need to rely on when we look at other people? God. We need God's guidance. We need God to to help us not continue to look the way we've looked and see what limitedly we've seen. We need to be able to look with God's guidance and begin to see truly as God sees. Because there is something that's been going on in our society, in our world, that we have been devaluating people. And we've we've done it forever, but it's become a new low where we devalue people because they don't look like us. We devalue people because they don't act like us. We devalue people because they don't believe like us. And that means that we value people on a sliding scale. And God does not. God does not value one because of their skin color over another skin color. God does not value one because of their economic status over somebody who does not have the economics. God does not value one over another because of their education or where they live or their age or their beauty. None of that. And yet we, we are prone to doing this all the time because it's the only thing we've been able to rely on. It's all we've been able to do. We look at somebody, we make a judgment. And today, we are so critical of people that don't look like us, sound like us, act like us, think like us, that agree with us, that we say, we have no need for you, and we devalue them. And I'm telling you right now, we're missing treasures that God has put all around us. God God says to him, don't look at his appearance. Don't look at his physical stature. Don't look at his political persuasion. Don't look at his ethnic background or her ethnic background. Don't look at any of this. You can't afford to because you won't see truly. I'm going to miss the blessing that God has. The Lord doesn't see his man. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then in, he he asked Jesse if all of his kids are there. In verse 11, we pick it up, and it says this. <clears throat> Samuel says to Jesse, are all your young men here? And he says, there remains yet the youngest, and he's there keeping the sheep. So was Jesse obedient or disobedient to what? God told Samuel to tell Jesse to get all all his boys together. Disobedient. But you know why he was? We don't. We don't know why. But likelihood is he figured that if God was going to pick a king, it was going to be from this group of sons. He sent David out to the field. Because You know, David's the baby of the family. He couldn't possibly be the king. And so Samuel says to Jesse, send send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes. He was good looking. And the Lord says, arise and anoint him, for this is the one. What an amazing moment. Jesse Jesse calls David in from the field. Now David's out there because Jesse is sure it's not him. Right? All the brothers are sure it's not him. And here comes David walking in smelling like sheep. And Samuel says, "That's him." That's the king. What an amazing thing. Jesse, David's own father, didn't see the king in his kid, but God did. Samuel, the prophet of God, thought he saw the king in somebody else, but God said, no, that's not the one. He could have made a mistake, gotten the wrong person in his king, but he had to follow God's guidance. Because God knows there's nothing hidden from God. God sees clearly. He sees truly. And God has for you and me not only to see clearly and truly, but to walk in that clarity and truth. And so David, who everybody overlooked, but guess who didn't? God. And guess who was going to have his way? god because god's way is always best but there there was some challenge getting god to have his way because people weren't seeing the way god saw and i want you to know that there are people that haven't seen you the way god sees you i'm just going to ask you here in the sanctuary you at home close your eyes just tune everything and everyone else out because this is a moment in time where God wants to break some things off you. Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. There are some things in your life that have been holding you and hurting you because people haven't seen you as God sees you. It's not something we get inflated and in pride about because we didn't do it, God did. It actually humbles us that God would see us the way he does and have plans for good and for hope the way he does. But Father, right now, I just, I just, I pray for every one of your children here and that's hearing hearing your word today, that you would bring healing to them right now that you would break those things off them that people have said and seen that weren't what you said or see. Father, I thank you that you see in each one of your children the potential and the destiny that maybe no one else sees. But you're going to fulfill that in them. But, Father, help them begin to see it. Help them begin to receive your truth about them. And, Father, I pray that the the perceptions and the words and the curses the people have, have said about them would fall to the ground powerless in Jesus' name. And that new hope, new peace, new joy, new wholeness would rise up in your children. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your healing. Thank you for your health. Thank you for your wholeness. And God, I pray right now that people, your people wouldn't be resistant to receiving who you see and say they are. You, we sang it this morning, Father, that you take the weak to lead the strong. Father, we may not be everybody else's choice, but if we're your choice, we're the choice. For whatever it is and you got something for all of us i thank you father i thank you i thank you for breakthroughs in this area of of people's lives that wouldn't just continue here it increases we continue each day in jesus name in jesus name now i want you to understand if it has to happen in our lives it has to happen in other people's lives. And we have, to, we have to begin to see people. We need to be able to see the king in the kids around us, the kids that are beyond that wall. Man, there are all sorts of kids that have this incredible destiny, every one of them, and the kids beyond this wall, and the kids in our own home, and the kids in our neighborhood, but not just kids, adults. You are never too old to fulfill the calling, the purpose, and the plan of God for your life. And we're going to be looking at this. We're going to be looking at how people throughout the Bible, people looked at and almost hindered them from what God had for them. And so, Father, I pray right now, help us. Help us, just as as the prayer in your scripture says, open the eyes of our understanding. Open our eyes to see truly, accurately ourselves and others so that we could be encouraged and be encouragers. Father, we thank you for the good work that you've begun in us, that you are faithful to complete because you're a work in us, to will and to do. We're all projects that you're working in, to prepare to work through, to impact all those around us for your glory and your kingdom. And we thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'm looking around and I see some of you I know, some of you I don't. And one of the key aspects of being able to live this life where we are guided by God and guarded by God is to be governed by God. That's the first thing, where we turn our lives over to Christ. And and that is what we each have to choose to do, because he'll never force himself, his will, or his way on us. And, And his will and his way are the best. But that's why we pause at times like this to to take a moment and and again i'm going to ask you to just close your eyes cuz some people are just uncomfortable with letting everybody else know their business and it's really not about you and somebody else it's about them and god and so if you're here today and you have never trusted in christ you've never turned to christ and received his forgiveness and his lordship that he would come in and be lord of your life guiding and governing and guarding you so you don't ever have to do life alone. He is right there and he cares and he can do so much more and wants to do so much more is that you would experience that abundant life and show that abundance to the people around you. If you are here today and I'm not I'm going to pray a prayer but I I want to know who I'm praying with and I'm going to invite you to pray but not you alone we're going to all pray together but I do want to know if if you're praying today. So If you have never invited Christ to be Lord of your life and want to do that today, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who came into this world, lived a sinless life, and went to the cross and died for my sin. Lord Jesus, today... I recognize the work you did for me on the cross. I repent of running my own life. And I receive you to be Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me from this day forward. I am yours. You are mine. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Now, I know there were people here that raised their hand. If you raised your hand, let somebody know what you did today. And you may say, well, that's kind of weird. I don't know if they're going to what they're going to do. They're going to celebrate because it's a great, great beginning for you. Uh, if, if you didn't raise your hand, but you still prayed today and it was the first time you really accepted Christ, let somebody know. Um, Let one of the ushers know. Let Pastor Gabe know. Let Judy know. Let Debbie know. Um, If you're online and and you you pray that prayer today, uh, let us know so that we can be praying for you. Uh, Go to the website, reslifeny.org. Scroll down to where the prayer requests are. Let us know that you prayed. If you want us to pray for you by name, give us your name. If you want to be contacted, give us some contact information. God is a great God and he's doing great things. We have the privilege. Church, we have the privilege of living in this hour to be the light and and be the witness that God has for us to be in the time that the greatest harvest is ever coming in. God is so good, amen? Debbie, you want to come? See how good I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't do one of these. (laughs) It's so good to see all of you Ooh, I like standing here But I'm not going to preach Okay. Um, We have the um, blessing And it's a huge blessing To introduce you to some new members Today A little different Hmm? We're doing it a little different Yeah, we are doing it a little different Instead of having them come up And you all come and hug on them we're just gonna ask them to stand if they're here this morning and please make sure you go by and welcome them and and just get to know them. That's what's most yes. important about this. So if I if you're here and I read your name, please stand up. Jack Moore. Not here today? Oh yeah, she's working. Okay. Well, we welcome you all, and what a blessing. Huh? Yes. Would you all stand? You. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the plans you have for us. They're for, for good with a future and a hope. Thank you for this week. It's not just the future that's way out there ahead of us. It's today. It's this afternoon. It's Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, till we get together again. Lord, guide us. Empower us. Impart to us what we need to be the blessing you have for us to be on your behalf. That, Father, we would truly love the people that you love. Every one of them we come in contact with. With your love, that unconditional love. That, Father, they would be drawn to you. And we thank you we thank you we thank you we thank you for loving us with an everlasting love and drawing us with your tender kindness father this week help us to give what we've gotten from you to those that don't know you yet in Jesus name amen, amen. have a great week <clears throat> hold on just